Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A research study shows that the average teenager on social media may get exposed to some very risky content, but their parents may not be aware of it at all. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Pamela Wisniewski. She's an assistant professor in computer science at the University of Central Florida. And in a previous job, when she was at Penn State, she was the lead researcher in the study. So tell us a little bit about your study. What were you looking at? Well, we were interested in understanding the day-to-day or weekly experiences teens have online and not only looking at the experiences teens have, but whether or not their parents were aware of the types of experiences their teens were having. So what we decided to do was a two-month-long web-based diary study where parents and teens logged into a website on a weekly basis to report on four different types of online risk events. This included information privacy breaches, explicit content, online harassment or cyberbullying, and sexual solicitations. Are any of those four categories more common than the others? We found that the exposure to explicit content was probably three times more frequent than the other three categories, where most teens reported being exposed to some kind of explicit content ranging from sexually explicit content to self-harm. One of the surprising things we found in the study is that a lot of the content they're exposed to on a daily basis wasn't something that they were seeking out. It was actually things that they were exposed to mostly through social media from other people posting it to their news feeds. So give us some of the stats from your study. I'm sure some of this is going to add to the gray hairs the parents already have. <laughs> sure. What we're seeing is that it's really not an epidemic, but it is something that we should be cautious and aware about. Over the course of two months, with 68 parents and teens, there were a total of 207 risk reports made by teens and a total of 80 reports made by parents. The reason that there's a discrepancy between teens and parents is that we had parents and teens log in separately to enter in their diary reports. That means that during a given week, a teen could make a report that's not known to their parent versus a parent could have made a report that wasn't known to their teen. Neither one could have made a report or they both could have made a matched report. And that was really the juxt of this particular research study was trying to look at the discrepancy in understanding and the experience between parents and teens. So how often did teens tell their parents about some of these risky activities online? Out of the 287 risk reports that were made during the diary study, there were only 38 instances where the parent and the teen were conceivably reporting on the same risk event. That means about less than 16% of all the risks that teens were experiencing. When you break that down even further and look at those 38 matched reports, we found that there were a lot of times when teens disclose certain level of details to their parents, but not all of the material details that maybe should have been talked about. Um, For instance, there was one teen who told her mother that she shared a fake naked picture of herself where she told us or at least suggested that it might have been an actual naked picture. So in these cases, when parents had full disclosure of the details of the risk event, this was less than a total of 7% of all risks reported during the study. 
Well, based upon that one example you just gave us, I think maybe we can imagine what some of the reasons are. But did you find what some of the more general reasons are that teens don't want to tell their parents about some of these online things? Sure. And I think that was the most insightful findings that we had from this study is trying to understand from both the teens' perspective and the parents why teens don't go to their parents. What we did to analyze this is we looked at some of the statistically significant discrepancies between the parent and the teen's reports. For instance, parents were significantly more likely to report very low-risk events, such as a teen seeing an inappropriate pop-up ad, whereas a teen was more likely to report more of a medium level of risk experience, such as seeing instances of self-harm or eating disorders that promote bulimia or anorexia. But ironically, even though the parents were more likely to report lower levels of risks that was experienced by their teens, they were also considerably more upset in their language when we asked them how they felt about what they were reporting. Parents were more awfully to say that they were actually upset by it, where teens were more likely to say something like, oh, well, I was mildly embarrassed or I was somewhat uncomfortable. And in this emotional reaction, especially in the cases where parents were told what was going on with their teen or found out through some other means, a lot of times this resulted in somewhat of an overreaction on the parents' part. And so what teens told us in terms of why they didn't tell their parents about the types of online risks that they were experiencing on a daily basis ranged from, well, it was really no big deal because this type of thing is something that I see on a daily basis. However, if I told my mom or dad about this, they would freak out and they would make it a big deal. Other things that teens would say were that, well, even though my friend posted this inappropriate content that came into my newsfeed at no fault of my own, I know that if I told my parents about it, they would punish me and forbid me from going back on that website. Whereas really, I shouldn't be getting in trouble for it because I wasn't the one who posted it in the first place. So it was because of these reasons that teens kind of were getting wise to the fact that their parents just really couldn't handle They just really didn't understand the types of things they encountered on a weekly basis online. And so it was best to just leave them out of the equation. It seems as though there are a number of takeaways for parents in your study. Maybe you can just touch on some of the things that you believe are most important. It's really important for parents to be open and non-judgmental when it comes to getting their teens to open up to them about their online experiences. We have to realize that, yes, as adults, when we were teens, we didn't have the same experiences as teens today are exposed to. But with that, it's our jobs as adults to keep our own emotions in check and to not overreact, making it a bigger problem than it already is for the teen. It's our job to help mediate the situation and help the teens cope and to do that in a healthy and non-judgmental way. So trying to put aside our own inclinations of trying to judge or to overreact because the internet is a scary place when it comes to parents. But at the same time, if teens don't see us as people that they can go to to confide in about some of these situations, then we're not going to be there to help them mediate some of the lower risk situations. And if we prove that we're not trustworthy enough to handle something as simple as a pop-up ad, then when the teen encounters more risky situations, such as a stranger asking to meet them offline, then they're not going to feel comfortable coming to talk to us. 
Is there any place online that you recommend that parents can learn more about this topic? Sure. There's the Family Online Safety Institute. It's FOSI.org. There's also another website, Common Sense Media. Professor Pamela Wisniewski from the University of Central Florida. Thank you very much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you so much for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.